0: you're listening to the hockey podcast network new shows every day find us at the hockey or wherever you get your podcasts from
1: welcome to your canadians connection on rocket sports radio this premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens, with Amy Johnson and Chris G, Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens,
2: All right, everybody, welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast. It's episode 185 here on Rocket Sports Radio, where we keep you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Chris G, and I'll be your host today. Today is Saturday, April 2nd, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, he is the Editor-in-Chief, the Founder, and the President of Rocket Sports. It's Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick?
3: I'm doing great, Chris. It's uh, so good to have you back in the, the hosting chair. It's It's been a while. It has been a while. If I'm not mistaken, last time that I was on, Dominic Ducharme, I believe, was still the coach. <laughs> well, that, that, that seems uh, centuries ago, but um, I'm excited about uh, this show today because it's kind of about old and new it's about uh new young prospects in the canadians lineup it's about old rivalries it's about um new young hosts um well uh it's less of an <laughs> age thing than than uh, michael's been with us less than a year you and i have been working together over 10 years so uh, kind of an old and new uh podcast for episode 185
2: that's true, and it's uh, when it comes to Montreal Canadiens, there's always news, where we're never short of news when it comes around the Canadiens uh, organization. So we're going to talk about some roster moves, contract signings, uh, prospect report, uh, as well, amongst other things. And in our big topic segment, the second segment, it's, well, will the Canadiens' provincial rivalry with the Quebec-Nordiques return? <laughs> Well, Quebec City was in the news this week, so we'll talk about that topic and how that would impact the Canadians if it does happen in our big topic segment. And uh, like Rick mentioned, uh, Michael Spinella, he's going to stop by in segment number three for the Have Your Say segment. Uh, let's uh, do a quick recap of the f- of the game since uh, last week's episode. And just a reminder before I do that to check out the comprehensive previews and post-game reviews for every Canadians game at allhabs.net. At the Bell Centre on Saturday, it took Austin Matthews only 36 seconds into the game to open the scoring and give the Leafs a one nothing lead. And, well, uh, when I saw that goal, I thought, oh boy, it's going to okay. be one of those games. But fast forwards, we're going to fast forward this game to the third period when it was 2.28 remaining in regulation. And Austin Matthews' turnover led to a Paul Byron scoring the eventual game-winning goal on a 3-on-1 as the Canadians go on to win 4-2. to Jake Allen was the first star of the game making 49 saves while the Canadians scored four times on 18 shots. And Rick, it seems those Leafs always have trouble with the Canadians, regardless of the circumstances.
3: And they indeed they do. I, I had to play the Canadians' gold song, gold song in the back, just because it was, it was a shock, um, and maybe maybe a shock, a shock given the the placement of the two teams in the standings. But uh, as you said, certainly the Leafs have their difficulties with the Canadians, and at the Bell Center on a Saturday night, what what could get better than that? Uh, Jake Allen definitely the star. Uh, the Leafs, uh, the Canadians outshot fifty-one eighteen, and uh, Sportsnet stat said that the minus thirty-three shots on goal differential is the largest discrepancy at the Bell Center in franchise history. So, um, this this edition of the Canadians still setting records.
2: Yeah, all, all the great records too. So. <laughs> Uh, the Canadians were in New Jersey on Sunday where the Devils took a 2-0 lead before the Habs. Well, they made another comeback, it seems to be the story, since uh, Martin St-Louis took over behind the bench. It was 2-1 with 42 seconds remaining in the third period when Christian Dvorak, he found Ram Pitlick on the side of the net for the tying goal. Overtime did not solve anything, and it took seven rounds in the shootouts for the Devils to come out with a 3-2 shootout win. Josh Anderson was the other goal scorer for the Canadians. It was his first goal in 10 games.
3: Justin Barron, um, a a surprise to many, um, out for overtime, had uh, several shifts in overtime, Uh, a good skater, so he looked pretty good, but uh, Martin St. Louis. um, Speaking of Dom Ducharme, as as you did uh, opening in the show, I don't think Justin Barron would have got a chance in overtime uh, under Dom Descharmes.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, like, we'll never know, but I think we're we're pretty certain we could (laughs) say that it wouldn't have happened. On Thursday, uh, sorry, before we go to Thursday, uh, we go to uh, Tuesday. So after spending the day at the beach in Fort Lauderdale, the Canadians faced the Panthers in sunrise on Tuesday. Florida had a 4-1 lead midway through the second period before Montreal. Guess what? They scored three goals in less than two minutes to tie the game at four through 40 minutes. And then the Panthers, they scored three times in the third period, including an empty net goal to win 7-4. Chris Weidman, UL Edmondson, well, Joel Edmondson, I should say, Laurent Dauphin and Christian Dvorak were the goal scorer for the Canadians. And I think Rick, the Canadians felt the effect of the beach there in the third period. Yeah. Well, the whole game, I should say.
3: Yeah. That second period was was bizarre because... Uh, for the first 16 minutes um, of the the second period, shots were 15 to one for the Panthers. They completely dominated the Canadians, and then in those last four minutes, uh, as you you said, uh, the Canadians uh, they they scored to, to three goals uh, in a minute 42, made it a game. But uh, but yeah, uh, the beach effects were felt in the third period. And on
2: Thursday, the Canadians were in Carolina to face the Hurricanes, and while the Hurricanes dominated this game, they were outturing the Canadians 42-18 through two periods. Uh, Carolina ended up blanking Montreal 4-0 in in what I think was probably the Canadians' worst game since Martin Saint-Louis took over the bench.
3: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um... The Canadians, um, you know, once when Martin St. Louis arrived, the Canadians were improving defensively somewhat, um, uh, kind of abandoning the defensive uh, uh, play that, that uh, they had, uh, the, the, the game plan that they had put together under Dom de Charme. They had abandoned that. The defensemen felt more comfortable. They were playing better defense as a team. However... In the last day, 11 days against Boston, Florida, Toronto, Carolina, all of the, um, you know, top 10 teams in the NHL, uh, the Canadians are averaging, um, giving up 44 shots a game. So uh, defense is, is a problem. But listen, that that's going to happen uh, when you're inserting uh, young players in the lineup.
2: Yeah, and, you know, since we started talking about Dominic Ducharme, might as well continue now, like, we're All right. on fully on board on it. But I, I, it seems, like you said, like, the last couple of games, we've seen, like, the, the bad habits the Canadians had at the start of the season when uh, Dominic Ducharme was behind the bench. I feel like slowly they're they're creeping in again. Like, you you mentioned the defensive coverage. Uh, the bad starts also has been yeah. something that have been creeping up with uh, the Canadians, seems like. Whatever's, whatever was old, whatever we thought was resolved, well, slowly, slowly seems like they're, uh, they're coming back again to hunt uh, the Canadians. Uh, let's move on now and uh, talk about some uh, roster news uh, for the Canadians. Uh, Brendan Gallagher, he joined the team on Friday in Tampa Bay and he was practicing with a a non-contact jersey. He also took part in Saturday's uh, optional uh, game day practice for the Canadians. Gallagher, he's been out since March 17th with a a lower body injury. Uh, On uh, Saturday, last Saturday, the Canadians recalled uh, Jesse Ilonen from the Laval Rocket on an emergency basis and he was recalled after that game well I'm sure he got a call during the game against the Leafs when uh, both uh, Tyler Pitlick and Michael Pizzetta left the game with uh, with the respective injuries Michael Pizzetta is still out with an upper body injury and uh, and it looks like on Friday as well Rick uh, Jesse Lonin's recall became irregular recall so it seems like uh, he did enough to uh I guess, impress the coaching staff, impress the management and keep himself a spot with the Canadians.
3: He's looked very good uh, in, in limited ice time playing on the fourth line, but he's gotten opportunities uh, on the second power play. uh, And, you know, his bread and butter is his skating uh, he looks like an NHL skater. He's got a, a terrific release on his shot, but a pretty good playmaker as well. He has three assists with a goal for four points in his ten uh, games with the Canadians this year. I, I think he's looked uh, really good. And the other the other thing we learned in in the uh, interview, the one on one interview. Uh, that uh, our own Amy Johnson did with him. The correct pronunciation, and we've maybe we've all been saying it wrong, is Yessa Ullinen. Um, so we're going to have to start getting used to to saying it that way. But however you say his name, he's looked uh, pretty <laughs> terrific uh, for the Canadians.
2: And another thing that we've learned with Martin St. Louis is, if you're playing on the fourth line, you're not getting a lot of ice time, that's regardless what of what your name is. That's right. You're not playing a lot, regardless <laughs> of who you are. Um, also this week, uh, William Laguson and uh, Justin Barron made their Canadians debuts uh, this week. Laguson made his debut against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And while that goal that I spoke about earlier that was scored by Austin Matthews 34 seconds in uh, was caused by a turnover from uh, from Laguson. And he didn't really look good in that game against uh, the Leafs. And Justin Barron, just like you mentioned earlier, Rick, uh, he's, pl- he's played three games with All He's averaging approximately 18 minutes, uh, played power plays, played on the penalty kill as well, played in the overtime. And he's looked better than that rough start that Laguson had.
3: Uh, that that's very true he's been uh playing with uh, uh david savard for the or sorry with um uh, joel edmondson for the most part and and uh i think has relied on on joel edmondson um uh, quite a bit and and uh justin Barron, a terrific skater but kind of a river go- riverboat gambler kind of style he's um got involved in the play he's committed tons of turnovers but Um, I mean, he's, he's young, he's, uh, he's going to need a bit more strength, um, and, uh, help with his decision-making, but, uh, great skater, um, and as you said, been getting plenty of time, uh, plenty of minutes out there. William Lagason, I think we're, we're seeing what the Canadians had in mind, uh, when they acquired him, uh, just as a warm body to have in the lineup. There was some concern about, oh no, if he doesn't play a certain number of games, he's going to be one of those special cases, one of those special uh, Group 6 RFA um, cases where he becomes an unrestricted free agent. As I said at the time, I didn't th- think the Canadians were too worried about it. I think uh, yeah. we're, that's pretty evident now. He's, not, he's going to become an unrestricted free agent, and the Canadians aren't all that worried about it.
2: And there's some more news concerning the Canadians' defence. On Saturday, it was just a couple of hours after last week's Canadian Connection podcast, uh, the Canadians announced that they agreed to a two-year entry-level contract with uh, Jordan Harris, so the, the two-year contract beginning as of this season. Uh, the contract will pay Harris 750000 per season in the NHL and contains a signing bonus of 92500 like In next season... The performance bonuses could go up to a maximum of $425,000. And if he plays in the AHL next season, he'll earn $70,000. In that contract, and on top of that, Jordan Harris. It was confirmed that he will make his NHL debut against the Lightning on Saturday night. So, so Rick, uh, no surprise that he, he he signed a deal with the Canadians. And what about him making his debut against the Lightning?
3: Well, it's uh, being tossed in the fire right away um but I, he's uh, you know he he's been asked about that um he he's done a fair bit of media this past week and he seems like a, a level-headed mature young man as smart as anything um who's you know he, he's taking this all in stride and and uh, i expect that he'll be the same way on the ice Um, he knows what his, his strengths are, his talents are, uh, and he's going to do his best. Um, And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see him. You know, there was some concern, there was a lot of uh, uh, media and and fan um, angst about, um, is he going to, is he going to sign? Is, is, um, is he going to become an unrestricted free agent? And, and we said uh, all along that, None of those, none of those statements were coming from uh, Jordan Harris at all. He had, you know, this was this was always part of his plan that he wanted uh, to spend four years. He wanted to uh, complete his degree, uh, which he's going to do uh, shortly. Um, and he was able to go back to Northeastern and, and be captain. and And he confirmed that this week that um, there was never do- any doubt in his mind uh, that he was uh, going to um uh, spend four years and then uh, become a, a, a Canadian um, he said that that you know for a few seconds when there was a, a regime change when there's a general manager change he he wondered about it but uh, he's been made to f- feel very comfortable by uh, Kent Hughes uh, whom they have uh, they, they already knew and and uh, a relationship there and, and Jeff Gorton. so Um, I I think um, Canadians fans are really going to like this new uh, young prospect um, who's going to have some time in the lineup uh, towards the end of the season, but uh, watch out next season. I think that's when you're going to see him uh, grow and develop and and become uh, a permanent fixture in the Canadians lineup.
2: And I think that doubt that Canadians fans had about Harris signing, I think they were actually caused by Mark Bergevin when – I can't remember what press conference it was. But it was one of those press conferences when he was asked about Harris, and Bergevin said something well, "If he wants to play for the Rangers, there's nothing I could do," or something along those lines. Like I'm paraphrasing a little bit, and I think that didn't help, like uh, the fans reassuring them.
3: Yeah, well, I think you're absolutely right. That this was more about Bergevin and being uh, he Bergevin felt snubbed because, of course, uh, at the end of last season, um, he Bergevin offered. Uh, Cole Caulfield and Jordan Harris an opportunity to come with the Canadians. Caulfield said yes. Um, uh, Harris said um, after thinking about it, n- no, I'm going to do one more year and and, uh, and then come and, and I think I think that Mark was a little bit uh, a little bit hurt by that and, and kind of reacted <laughs> as you said in in uh, the press conference.
2: And yeah, so we'll show you this tonight against the Lightning. I don't know. Like I'm a little nervous for uh, for Harris himself facing a team against the Tampa Bay Lightning with a lot of uh, young, uh, with a, a relatively young defensive core right now with the Canadians. Like the only veterans that'll be playing tonight will be Joel Edmondson and uh, and uh, Savard. I was having a blank with his first name there. That David. day, David Savard. And the rest, it's all young defensemen. Like uh, okay, Justin Barron, like he's played what six games now in the NHL. Uh, Romanov, I guess you could say he he's what he's a young veteran. Uh, Corey Schunnman, very limited experience in the NHL. So it's the combination of the team and the rest of the defensive unit that makes me nervous for for Harris for uh, the game against Tampa. Jake Allen, expect to be busy. Yeah, for uh, for sure. Uh, the Canadians also announced uh, on Wednesday that they have signed a three-year entry-level contract with uh, Joshua Roy. Th- that contract is set to begin next season. So Joshua uh, Roy will earn $750,000 at entry level next season and contains a signing bonus of 92500 If he plays in the juniors, he'll earn $10,500, which doesn't seem like a lot of money, but that's a different story for a different day. Uh, the contract will pay Rua $775,000 in the following two seasons, and he'll get a signing bonus of $92,500 in next season and $85,000 the following season. If uh, Joshua Rua plays in the AHL, he'll make $80,000 per. Uh, per season, and Rick Joshua won the queue this season. He's he's had a great season so far, and he he was rewarded with a contract by the Canadians.
3: Absolutely. Now, uh, this this is a bit of a uh, of a different situation than the prospects we've been talking about. Joshua was just 18 years old. He was uh, chosen in the 2021, the last draft um real nice story though um fifth round pick 150th overall um a success by trevor timmons and his group um finding him choosing him and uh as you said he's had an absolute great season in in sherbrooke um the 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 expectation i I don't think there's there's any expectation that he's going to turn pro he'll be back in the queue uh, with sherbrooke next year and and uh this is just a the Canadians um, signing him to an ELC and getting that uh, taken care of um, for his his future, um, and um, I, I just think it was it was a really nice thing to do, a real nice story. But uh, be patient because it's going to be a while before you see him either with Laval or Montreal.
2: Yeah, so so ten thousand five hundred is a race for him for next year.
3: Imagine
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> On Thursday, the Canadians announced that they agreed. To terms on a one-year entry-level contract with uh, Lucas Condora, uh, a forward, and he'll get the league minimum wage of seven hundred fifty thousand dollars at uh, the NHL next season. It contains a signing bonus of eighty thousand, and um, if he plays at the AHL level next season, uh, he'll make a salary of eighty thousand dollars. So, Rick, what can you tell us about uh, this, uh, Lucas Condora?
3: ncaa career um he's a a, a player that w- is undrafted uh spent four years in the ncaa he's a guy who has good size uh a winger six foot two about 210 pounds um and uh he was the captain this li- this uh, last year of, of uh, umass lowell um they were were beaten um by denver uh brett stapley one of the uh, uh, Canadians' prospects, Brett Stapley, and, and the Denver Pioneers uh, beat them in in the regional finals in the NCAA. Um, became available, and uh, the Canadians have have signed him. Um, he had uh, twenty three points, ten goals, thirteen assists in thirty three games. Uh, he's there. There there has to be a connection. I'm thinking with um, Adam Nicholas, of course. The the uh, development. Uh, uh, a coordinator now for uh the montreal canadians who spent time um uh, as a skills coach with umass lowell i don't think they they actually um uh, crossed paths but uh the connections that adam nicholas would have uh still with umass lowell uh probably led to this uh signing for the canadians
2: In other news, we found out that Ryan Paling was confirmed on Friday by Martin St. Louis that uh, Paling will return to the lineup against the Lightning, versus the Lightning, I should say, on Saturday. And it's the first game since March 13th for the forward when he left that game with an upper body injury. And it'll be Laurent Dauphin who will set out. And Rick, like I said earlier, one thing we know for sure, Pings playing the fourth line, so he won't play a lot tonight.
3: Yeah, that's uh, it's unfortunate. He's been playing well, though, um, until that point that the game against Philadelphia, I think it was Justin Braun, if I remember right, that took him uh, awkwardly into the boards uh, behind the net, and he's been out since then. He's ready to come back, and i um, happy to see what uh, uh, he's going to do, likely reunited with Yessa Ullinen. Uh,
2: All right, it's time now for a Habs prospect report.
1: This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network.
2: All right, we're going to begin with the update on the Laval Rocket on Saturday, the newcomer. Nate Snarr, he broke a 3-3 tie with 4.45 remaining in regulation to allow the Rockets to win 5-3 against the uh, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins. I was about to say Pittsburgh Darts. <laughs> on Then on uh, Tuesday, the Rockets began a four-game road trip with a pair of games against the Manitoba Moose. In the first game on Tuesday, Laval took the lead three times, and the Moose tied the game three times, and they forced uh, extra time. The overtime didn't settle the score, and the Moose won the game four to three in the shootout. And then on Wednesday, the Moose—they were the better team on ice—but the, ice, the Rocket—they were opportunistic, and they ended up winning that game four to two against the Moose. And the Rocket—they're currently in a playoff spot. They're in a tight battle in the North Division, where five teams are fighting for four playoff spots. So it's going to be a, a good race a tight playoff race for the rocket in that um in that north division and the rocket are currently in abbotsford for the first time in franchise history to face former canada's prospect noah Julson and the canucks on saturday at 10 p.m eastern it's the first 10 p.m eastern game in uh, rocket franchise history and then on sunday they play each other again at 7 p.m eastern the team's they split a weekend series earlier in the season at Place Belt. So Rick, it's gonna be a quite the playoff battle for the Rocket from now till the end of the season.
3: For sure. And um they've looked good. They've uh, added some pieces uh, and uh, they've got some pretty good goaltending this past week so um, an interesting race to watch and and uh, you and and uh, Amy Johnson are covering it all and and uh, you'll have the coffee on to be up late uh, to cover uh, the Laval versus Abbotsford at uh, starting as you said at 10 p.m Uh, Let's
2: head over now to uh, Trois-Rivières, take a look what's happening in the ECHL. The Lions are currently in a sequence where they're playing five games in six days. It's crazy. The good news is that all five games were at the Colisee Videotron. Uh, Trois-Rivières won the first two games of of the sequence with a 5-3 win against uh, Maine on uh, Tuesday and a 4-2 win on Wednesday against Adirondack. Uh, on Wednesday and then on Friday the the Reading Royals they were in town and they dominated the game and easily beat Trois-Rivières by a score of 5-1 to one. the Lions and the Royals complete their three game weekend series with a pair of games on Saturday and Sunday afternoon in uh, Trois-Rivières and uh, you can check out Habs Notepad on allhabs.net on Monday morning for a recap of uh, both those games and post game comments from the head coach uh, Eric Belanger so the Lions also like they were in the playoff picture for most of the season they they went on a, quite a slide but now with this home stand they're they're, they're battling for playoff spots it's gonna be a tight race for for them as well and they've been getting some more stability with the roster as of late so that's that should help them as well
3: we'll see uh, Dean McDonald of course uh, the owner um, he has one of his teams in the playoffs the Growlers qualified uh, already, and we'll see uh, how many of his teams uh, get into the playoffs. Let's hope it's uh, includes the Lions.
2: And uh, back to some Laval Rocket news. Well, we spoke about Lucas Condora earlier. Well, he, he signed a PTO with the Laval Rocket, so he, he did that on Friday, and he's going to join the team for practice on Tuesday after they've returned from uh, from BC. So he's going to join the team for practice on uh, Tuesday, and he will finish the season in uh, Laval.
3: That's uh, nice for him. His contract that we mentioned uh, a little earlier was uh, with the Canadians for the 2022-23 season. He'll get to uh, finish his, his season on a PTO with uh, Lavelle. Uh, Interesting note that our friends at uh, Elite Prospects tell us that he's related uh, to Matt Martin. Uh, So we'll see if he plays like Matt Martin when he gets in the lineup for Lavelle.
2: In uh, other prospect news, uh, Rick, two of the Canadian prospects have made it to
3: the Frozen Four. Why don't you tell us more on that? Well, if you've been listening, you know, we've been following closely the uh, NCAA uh, Division I Men's Ice Hockey Championships um, for this year. Uh, we're down to the to four teams, or down to the Frozen Four. The Canadians uh, had seven prospects entering the, the re- regional play. Uh, five of those have been eliminated, um, but on the four teams that are left, there are two prospects. Uh, that's Brett Stapley, uh, p- plays for the Denver pri- Pioneers, and uh, Rhett Pitlick, Pitlick, another Pitlick, um, uh, brother to to Rem, he plays for the University of Minnesota. So uh, starting on April 7th um, at the TD Garden in Boston, it will be Michigan, and uh, Michigan with those seven first-round picks, a powerhouse against Brett Stapley in Denver. Uh, and then it will be the University of Minnesota versus Minnesota State um, in that uh, second grouping. And uh, leading to the national champion, uh, the the winner of uh, the Frozen force. So that's going to be exciting. We'll keep an eye on that and see how uh, Canadians' prospects do.
2: And the question, Rick, is whatever happens, if Rhett and Rem both playing for the Canadians, like what happens with their jerseys? Are they going
3: with the second letter, like R E and R H, Pitlick I, in the back? Um, have you noticed that? Uh, uh, interesting that that. Um, um, Rem Pitlick doesn't have any, he, he has Pitlick on his jersey, number 32. Um, and ta- uh, Taylor has, uh, is it Taylor? Yeah, I'm getting Tyler. The, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler has the T, so uh, I guess Rem's able to claim I was here first, so I get the name, I don't get an initial. <laughs> uh, it's kind of odd, but you're right. Uh, once they all get in the lineup, it's going to be kind of confusing,
2: yeah. Uh, another pr- uh, prospect news: uh, Jaden Struble. His su- season was over when the Northeastern was eliminated. And Rick, uh, the question is: Will Struble return to school next season? Will he turn pro, or will he take the year and uh, follow Justin Bieber's tour around the world?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 interesting. Um, uh, Jaden Struble played with Jordan Harris on the Northeastern team. Uh, a year younger, so he's still eligible to go back to Northeastern um, if, if he'd like to. He's weighing his options. I think um, the, the word is that, that he would like to turn pro. Um, I think from the Canadian's perspective, the word is that they'd like him to go back to Northeastern. Um, he's he's uh, an interesting combination um, of, of, of a defenseman He's got uh, that size where he's he's physically imposing on the ice. Um, he's 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 a beast on the ice and, and very powerful. And a lot of that comes from his his skating. He's really sturdy over his skates. Um, and then he has a, a touch of skill as well. So um, he still could go back to Northeastern um, and experience that as as a senior, polish up uh, those aspects of his game. But it's. Um, you know, it's something that, that he's mulling over right now. He has some time to do that. Um, and probably with the, uh, the, the long list, it's getting to be a long list of Canadians' defensive prospects, it wouldn't hurt him to go back and, and, uh, uh, and work on his, his game uh, one last season in Northeastern.
2: And I'll we'll be sure to read the content over at AHL.report and uh, listen and subscribe to the Press Zone podcast, which is every Tuesday with uh, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens and uh, complete coverage of prospects uh, on AHL Report and on the Press Zone. And on uh, next week's, or this week's, I guess I should say, podcast, it is a return of the AHL Hot Stove, where Patrick Williams will join Rick and uh, Amy. Uh, Some other hockey news and notes. Well, we found out on Friday, the the NHL, they named Cole Caulfield the league's Rookie of the Month for the month of uh, March. uh, Caulfield led all rookies with seven goals and 15 points, as well as three power play goals. Uh, he also had five power play assists and eight points with the extra man advantage. And with those 15 games, he has been named the NHL's Rookie of the Month for the month of March. And, well, some of the names that uh, that Caulfield beat out f- to get the award, Canadian's teammate Rem Pitlick was also uh, a candidate, uh, Trevor Zegres with, from the Ducks and you know, he did that big Michigan goal again last night. Again, yeah. Uh, uh, the Leafs' winger, Michael Bunting, he didn't deserve it. He plays in Toronto. Uh, <laughs> Bruins goaltender Jeremy Swayman and Golden Knights goaltender Logan Thompson were the other runner-ups for uh, for the honor, and. You know, Rick for Cole Caulfield, like we 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 had big expectations from him at the start of the season. It didn't play out uh, the way that anybody expected, but at least he had a good month of March.
3: For sure, it 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 um, it was a really tough start to the season for the first half of the season for Cole Caulfield. Uh, we remember at the uh, start of the season he was everybody's favorite uh, pick for the Calder Trophy. Uh, Even Trevor Zegers, who predicted that Cole Caulfield would get 40 goals this season, um, that didn't happen, but had a great month of March. Now, over at our Facebook group, our official All Habs Facebook group, facebook.com slash All Habs, they're wondering over there that if uh, Cole Caulfield is named Rookie of the Month for April, as well as March, uh, does he have a chance to be considered for uh, the uh, Calder and uh, we'll we'll see how that all plays out, uh, out and we'll watch that pretty closely.
2: And Rick, why don't you tell us about a Canadians alumni who will be honored?
3: Um, none other than Guy Lafleur, who has been uh, getting honors uh, very recently. We remember we talked about his uh, number being retired uh, by all teams in the queue uh, earlier this season. And now um the uh, National Assembly of Quebec um, have uh, sent a letter to Guy Lafleur, uh, informing him that he will receive uh, the Medal of Honor from the Quebec's National Assembly on uh, May twenty fourth. Uh, it's a uh, it's a huge honor uh, for Guy Lafleur, who is going through some tough times. We've talked about that, um, battling um, cancer and uh, the. Um, uh, François Paradis said, "Who's the, the president of the National Assembly?" said, uh, "For me, Guy Lafleur is a national hero. Um, he is my idol, and and uh, so it it's it's a uh, it's it's a huge honor. Uh, they hope that they will be able to present." It will it will happen in the in the um, National Assembly on May 24th, but they hope that on Patriots Day, that um, in June that they can present it to him uh, in person. Uh, we'll see if that uh, is able to happen. And and uh, but just we we never get t- tired of talking about uh, Guy Le Fleur and and uh, here's uh, one more honor for him.
2: Yeah, and uh, a well deserved honor as well. All right, time to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Coming up next in our big topic segment, we talk about Quebec City as they were in the news in the hockey world this week. But first, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big, too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. Now, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or over, restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
2: All right, welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Chris G, and you can find me on Twitter at Chris Habs360. And with me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, All Habs. And don't forget, you can follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. And also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, the Canadian Connection podcast, and in the, on your favorite podcast app, leave a rating, leave a comment as well. And while you're there, look for the Press Zone, also our, our sister podcast, and leave a comment, subscribe, and rate that podcast as well. All right. Time now for our big topic. It was a story that was published by La Presse, newspaper earlier in early in the week uh, Denis Lessard, he, he's been known to have um, uh, to have some good connections on the Quebec political side he reported that there were discussions between the Ottawa senators the NHL Quebec Corps, and the Quebec government to schedule five senators home games at the videotron Center in Quebec City next season and while well, this was big news that came out of nowhere. So it, it did catch a lot of attention from from uh, the hockey world. And based on the report, it was suggested that the plan would be to test Quebec City as an NHL uh, market. And then, Rick, this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> After the report came out, this is when people came out, giving comments, and sometimes it was hard to follow what was going on. So the Quebec finance minister, Éric Girard, so he was the one that the Quebec premier, François Legault, put in charge to try to get the Nordiques. So we'll call him the the Quebec Nordiques minister. He said that there was interest on both sides to see Senators games, uh, five home games brought to uh, Quebec City to be played. And well, after the story was published, uh, the Senators president, Anthony Leblanc, he was reached out to get his comment um, on the story, and he denied the story, saying that the uh, uh, he called it uh, dishonest. He he said that it was brought up randomly like that in uh, in the meeting, but there was no serious talk about it, and there hasn't been anything um, any progress made in um, in that direction, and. This reminds me, Rick, of the situation like, you know, in Montreal, they're trying to bring the Expos back. They were trying for years and, you know, they brought preseason games to the Olympic Stadium, two games a year for I don't know how many years. And then, you know, that never materialized. I'm I'm seeing a lot of parallels between both, except the baseball games actually happened in Montreal. But who knows about if these uh, hot games will take place.
3: This is, um, as you said, this is our big topic and, and there's nothing bigger, um, than talking about hockey and how it relates to politics in the province of Quebec. Um, and whenever that happens, uh, the story just seems to, to explode and go in all directions, uh, like this one has. And the, the funny thing is that, um, everybody has a different story. People that were there, people that were in, uh, who have been involved they can't agree on on what was what was discussed, and um and that usually happens as you said with it, it's it, around the expos. Similar things happen. It's it's when politics gets involved in in sport, and and typically, um on this show, it's kind of a, a policy. We don't talk about politics at all, but but here it, we it's it's unavoidable because of the way it's it's. Um, they got involved. they got involved in hockey well exactly and 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 we the context of this is that there's going to be an election uh, in October um, I don't think it's um, you know it it's it's wild speculation to say uh, Francois Lego probably is in a bit of trouble and so one of the ways that he's trying to gain favor is is through through hockey and and uh, wants to be the savior of returning Nordic hockey. Uh, as you said, he created a, 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 a almost a, 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 a Quebec Nordic minister, and as well that that minister, ex-Girard, uh, is supposed to look into getting more uh, Quebec-born players into the NHL. We we've talked about that on this show before. Um, so all of this is happening um that that there's this push to return the the Nordique to the NHL and and I think Gary Bettman is is not innocent in this either um you know he he, he as we've said before he's using this interest from Quebec to keep all the other uh, franchises in line uh saying hey you know um that there's there's, there's interest. Uh, if, if you don't behave, then, you know, all of, th- that's kind of his attitude towards this. Although he did say after the initial meeting uh, in January, the virtual meeting that Bettman had with uh, Gerard, he said that there's no um, there's no opportunity for uh, uh, Quebec to, there, there isn't going to be further expansion. There isn't a franchise that's moving uh, and that includes Arizona going moving to a 5000 seat arena um so he said that there's there's no chance uh in in the immediate future for it to happen but that still that didn't stop the ball from rolling and and um all of this you know um it it, it was very unfortunate the way this all came out the whole backdrop uh this story came out from la presse um, Two days after the death of, of uh, Senators owner Eugene Melnick, when the Senators community is is mourning, and then t- uh, for them to uh, be tossed into this and and saying that five of their home games are going to be relocated to Quebec City, obviously uh, the the Senators were upset, um, and uh, and that's why you got President Anthony LeBlanc pushing back as as hard as he did, and he he, he said, listen. Um, we've been asked uh, about uh, the the tw- 2023 World Juniors. Um, we'd like to put forth a bid. Uh, we remember that, that that's been uh, taken away from Russia uh, it was because of their involvement in the Ukraine. Um, and so now uh, the senators uh, were looking for a sister city and they considered... Got but thought Quebec City would be a good fit, and so had these uh, conversations with uh, Quebecor and and uh, and the NHL involved and the Quebec government. Uh, but it's gone, it's gone well beyond that. Uh, you know, the, the 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 rumors have gone well beyond that, and and it's just such a complicated uh, mess at this point. And as I said, it's really unfortunate that this came out at a difficult time for the Senators.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Like the, the timing of this was really like it couldn't have been a worse time to to publish that uh, that report. And like when when Anthony LeBlanc brought up that the discussion was to be had with the government for the the World Junior Championship. So so then like that got me thinking like why is it the senators leading, like making a bid? Like wouldn't it be Hockey Canada who? Who takes care of this? Like uh, who organizes this? And then they just rent. They find buildings. Like example, I don't know in Ottawa, they rent it out, and then they go to Quebec City and they rent out like that arena. Like, why is the NHL involved in getting the World Junior Championships? Why is the the Senators involved in tr- making a bid? So I found that a little bit odd as well. So that's why, I like you mentioned earlier, like the, the story is going all over the place. Every making different. Uh, Nobody agrees on what what was said and what wasn't said, but it's it just seems like there's like a lot of um, a lot of things odd with that whole uh, situation with uh, with what happened. And,
3: and and as far as the NHL, um, the finance minister Eric Girard, said it was Gary Bettman that suggested uh, placing some games in Quebec City to test the market. Uh, when asked, Bill Daly, NHL deputy commissioner, he said it was the Quebec government officials uh, that, yeah. that, that suggested. Um, it's, this is, again, uh, nobody can seem to agree on, on what was said and what wasn't said. Um, but just, a, 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 well, uh, a real mess uh, to, for uh, all of this to come out this week
2: yeah and and you know let's say like in a scenario where it's actually accurate to where they did discuss those five games i don't think like the senators would have wanted to come up the way that it did i i think they would have liked to you know prepare a message and make it formal etc not like you said two, day, two days after the death of their of their owner so regardless of what happened like i'm i'm not sure now even how in good terms uh, Ottawa and Quebec City is after uh, after this whole uh, fiasco that that happened,
3: well, and that's just it. If if it ever was a consider, it probably isn't now because uh, Ottawa Senators fans are upset. They don't want a, any consideration that the the team will be moved, um, and you know there's also the loss of revenue in moving. These are these would take place of five Ottawa home games. Uh, So that revenue, it would have to be, there would have to be some sort of arrangement between uh, Quebec city and, and Ottawa and, and um, but just uh, you don't need this when there's already questions about the ownership. And, and it's said that uh, Melnick's um, uh, children um, don't have any interest. uh, Anna and Olivia don't have any interest in being involved in, in, uh, Steering the the committee, the hockey team. You know what's going to happen to the franchise? There's all of those kind of questions. You don't want to signal that. Oh well, five of our games are going to Quebec with the chance. You know, in the future, um, with with the Quebec government's full force trying to uh, uh, expedite a return of, of the Nordique. Um, that's that's where it gets uh, very dicey. So it, it's it's uh, they may have. <laughs> they may have skewered this whole thing uh, before it even got started.
2: Yeah, and you think they'd go target uh, the Coyotes who will be playing in front of an arena of 5,000? Like, yeah, that's an easy sell. You go to bring to Quebec City, those five games will sell out. Everybody comes out a winner out of that, but. Anyways, so let's go now in terms of the scenario where, you know, I guess uh, the, the best scenario from a Quebec City perspective is because Quebec City has been without a team since uh, 1995, so th- they currently have the 18,000-seat arena, the Videotron Center, which is primarily being used for the Quebec uh, Ramparts in the in the Q. So let's talk about if the Nordiques would return to the NHL one day, as as who knows how realistic that is. What would that mean for the Montreal Canadiens? Well, from at least from a hockey perspective. It's the return of the, that great rivalry between Quebec and Montreal, and that was quite a rivalry back in the, back in the day.
3: Unbelievable rivalry, um, because again, it was the the two teams, the two uh, um, areas. Uh, you know, you have Eastern Quebec versus uh, the Montreal area. You have. Uh, sponsors uh, at that time, and they were beer sponsors. O'Keefe versus Molson. Um, it, there was there was a lot riding on on the rivalry between those two, and and we're just uh, a few weeks away from uh, the anniversary of the what's called the Good Friday Massacre in 1984 the, during the Stanley Cup playoffs, which was uh, an unbel- unprecedented kind of um a brawl between the the two teams um th- this this was a bitter rival rivalry at the time and we remember that it was the Molsons that stood in the way of of uh the the Quebec Nordique uh, joining the NHL at the time and then because of public pressure they had to uh recant that and and so there's there's all kinds of things that are built into the pie here um I, I guess getting back to the original intent uh, is is supposed to be of of five games is supposed to be testing the, the the Quebec as an NHL market. I know that there's there's concern out there that there's the fan base that there's uh, the sponsorship to be able to support an NHL team, and and we remember the Canadians themselves um, have had some preseason games in uh, Quebec City in the Videotron Center, and. Uh, they didn't work out. I mean, the attendance was awful. Um, And, and I know that they did a poll afterwards and they, they asked um, Nordic fans or potential Nordic fans. And, and the, the, uh, they said they didn't want to pay uh, regular season prices for preseason games. Well, I mean, nobody likes that. That happens around the league (laughs) anyway. Um, and that uh, they didn't want – I think the the, the main reason uh, that was given was uh, that they didn't want to support somebody else's team. They didn't want to support uh, the Canadians. They didn't want to support – and we'll see if that applies, or potentially applies to the Ottawa Senators coming there too. They wanted to support their own team or nobody. But um, I think they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot because that's how the NHL would um, – would evaluate them. And uh, but if they, if they, you know, uh, spec, if, if we, we follow that along to, to their eventual return, um, having them back in the, the uh, NHL, the Canadians, the Nordique, the, the huge rivalry, um, it, it's going to be, and, and it's going to impact the Canadians on uh, the availability of, of, of Francophone players. It's going to, um, uh, impact the Canadians financially uh, as well. Um, so there's all kinds of, of things at play here if uh, the Nordic were eventually to return to the NHL.
2: Yeah, and, and I think um, when it comes to ticket sales, uh, I think if, if from, from a fan perspective, I think it would work in, in uh, Quebec City getting fans to, to go to the games the preseason games, I can understand the Canadians weren't you know icing like their a their a roster either, like uh, when you went to Quebec City, I think their own team would would work uh, from that perspective. And in terms of um, I guess off the ice from a business perspective, uh, you know we're we're talking about now what is at thirty ninety five, okay, almost thirty years since the Nordiques left the, the city. I think the Canadians, would sign off in allowing the Nordiques to come back I, th- I think it would uh, I think it would be good overall for 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 hockey it would be good it, depending where the team comes from when it comes to revenues so if you're if you're taking a team like Ottawa that doesn't really sell out their games and go to Quebec City and then you know they're making more revenues is good for the league itself Canadians might have to pay less when it comes to revenue sharing. Uh, it might get more fans like in the province engaged in the sport which um, which I think would, would come out as winners if in eventuality that, uh, that that happens. now whether there's appetite from the league like you mentioned earlier, I'm not sure if that's the the case they they, they probably don't feel confident that it would work in in Quebec City so it's uh, something that will definitely, for now, I think I think for now it's still a dream. I think it's still, it's still far. It's it's nowhere close that we know of of it uh, happening. So now we could just imagine, speculate, and live on this dream that uh, Daniela Sow brought back to us earlier this week.
3: And I think, uh, but we have to realize that uh, we can dream, uh, we can uh, imagine it. But this right now, what's driving this uh, whole story is politics. That this is a political story, uh, we'll see if it's it continues uh, after the fall election. Um, you know, as as you said, it's a political reporter, <laughs> Danny Lussire, that that came out from um, uh, La Presse. Um, Rajon Tremblay said, if you want an update on this story, check the political pages. <laughs> um, and I I thought it was interesting, Elliot Friedman, and this goes back to. Uh, the January uh, report um, about that meeting, uh, about the return of of uh, the Nordique. Uh, Elliot Friedman, uh, to quote him, said, this is a political stunt. Uh, this is a political stunt in a lot of ways. I don't like political stunts. I don't have a lot of time for politicians. I think you tug at people's heartstrings, and I don't like that. Well, I think that we've seen pretty clear this week that um, hockey fans, their heartstrings got pulled by this by this story, yeah. and uh, that's what makes it a such a big story in Quebec and a big enough story for us to cover on our big segment.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. I was uh, it, it was a good topic and it's it always brings back good memories like the that Good Friday massacre from back in the days. Like I've I've watched that video on YouTube <laughs> a couple of times and it's it's quite something. I don't think it's something we'll ever see again, mm-hmm. <laughs> something along those lines, but it's still quite a historic moment. It's uh, it's hockey and the strike moment is a, a brawl, but you know, you know what I mean on that.
3: No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yeah.
2: All right, time to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection uh, podcast. When we come back, Michael Spinella, he's going to jump in and uh, host the Have Your Say segment with uh, with Rick. Rick, I'll talk to you. Uh, I'll talk to you next week again. And uh, stay with us. you listen to Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. your year-round resource for anything HABS-related. That's allhabs.net.
0: Welcome back to episode 185 of Canadian's Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Please make sure you follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website, canadiansconnection.com. Also, you can text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line, 5853-ROCKET. And no, I am not uh, Chris G. I'm Michael Spinella. I'm taking over for the third segment here, and... uh, Rick, how are you doing? I haven't um, had a chance to see you yet. <laughs>
3: well, that's great. I, you slipped in and, uh, and jumped into the chair. And uh, yeah, it's great to see you. Glad to have you back, uh, especially for this third segment.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, to kick things off here in the third segment, uh, I just want to let everybody know about all the awesome content on allhabs.net. And, well, you just heard from him, but uh, Chris G, every Monday he puts out a Habs notepad. Uh, He'll discuss everything Montreal Canadiens, and uh, he'll get you all set up for the week. Also, we have our Habs headlines. We also do game day recaps, game day previews. So we'll keep you up to date on everything Montreal Canadians throughout the week as well. Uh, if you want to get readied up for the game, check out the preview. If you like the game or you miss the game, you want to hear about it, make sure you check out those recaps. We'll post them as they happen. Also, on YouTube. You'll want to head over there. You're going to want to search up all Habs and then hit subscribe. We have some awesome content from Amy Johnson. It's the Habs Hockey Report. She releases new videos on YouTube every Thursday. Get all your Habs news there. Feel free to interact as well in the comment section. You can send in your questions as well
3: yeah we're getting some good comments and questions and and she reads those uh, questions uh, in in the following episode on on her mailbag and answers the questions uh, this this past week it was uh, she titled it next man up uh, so as you said uh, youtube.com slash all Habs all one word all Habs and uh, you'll find that video um, this one's next man up is all about the the youth Um about Yessa and, and Jordan and Joshua and Jaden and Justin. Uh, there seems to be a theme uh, in this week's video. So don't want to miss it. Uh, and while you're there, you know, if if you haven't uh, seen any of the other videos, make sure that you... Um, they're, they're about 15 minutes or so. Uh, watch all the, the the content that's there. Uh, a tremendous interview last week with uh, Yessa Ulinen and... Um, Yeah, uh, make sure you subscribe to uh, the Habs Hockey Report on YouTube.
0: Yeah, we do like all our Jays over at uh, All Habs. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And uh, speaking of Yessa Ulanen, you're also going to want to check out The Press Zone. It's our uh, podcast that comes out every Tuesday. And uh, we'll go over everything Habs prospects, Laval Rocket. Um, You're going to want to check all that out. Uh, We'll give you extensive coverage. This past week, uh, we did a little snippet from that Jesse Ullinen interview into the Press Zone podcast. So you want to hear all about that. And this coming week, uh, our AHL guru, Patrick Williams, steps in for the AHL Hot Stove.
3: He's back. uh, And it's always a fun three-way kind of uh, discussion uh, around the AHL Hot Stove, uh, all the issues. And listen, it's coming down to the push for the playoffs. The Laval Rocket are... Right in the thick of it, uh, standing's very tight, and so you're not going to want to miss uh, this week's episode of The Press Zone.
0: Absolutely not. And uh, Rick, uh, since we mentioned that uh, we like to be interactive, I think we have a Canadians Connection question of the week, and it is, are you excited about the signing of Jordan Harris?
3: It's about one of the Jays, huh? Um, Another one. Jordan Harris signed a two-year contract um, coming out of Northeastern. His season ended a little earlier than uh, he had hoped, but he's uh, thrilled to be with the Canadians. He spent uh, the week um, practicing, and uh, tonight we're uh, as we record on on Saturday, uh, his first test will be against the. Tampa Bay Lightning, no pressure at all. No, um, absolutely not. <laughs> um, it, it's going to be interesting because uh, you have Jordan Harris, you have Justin Barron, uh, Alexander uh, Romanov. That's uh, the youth on defense uh, against the Lightning. Uh, we'll see Harris. Um, maybe uh, he rotated in with uh, David Savard in um, in practice, so we'll, I'm sure he'll get some shifts. Uh, with him. And we asked you uh, if you're excited about uh, the signing of Jordan Harris and uh, let me read some of the comments. Uh, if you want to be part of the, the comments, our Facebook community, facebook.com/all Habs like the page and uh, you'll be part of 50,000 Habs fans um, providing their opinions. This one from Sam Quinn, so looking forward to next season. Our Habs will be awesome. Go Habs, go. Uh, Teresa Philippot says, awesome news. 21-22 felt like Armageddon, but I think this team is moving forward, and it will be awesome. Uh, Let's hope so, Teresa. Mark Bazanson says, the future looks awesome on defense for us. Louis Abe Vardy says, looking good, Habs. Rodney Barrett says, great news. And uh, Garth Max Stiebel says, our future's so bright, I have to wear shades. I wonder where he got that phrase from. (laughs)
0: Oh, I love 49ers, hearing from yeah. everybody. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's uh, yeah, a great community um, uh, on, on Facebook. Uh, make sure you're part of it and uh, you can interact with 50,000 Habs fans a- and occasionally some Leafs fans and occasionally uh, some uh, Bruins fans. Uh, it's, it's, it's very active and very fun on Facebook.
0: Yeah, so definitely get yourself involved uh, if, if you do have a comment. Uh, well, we may read it here on the podcast for you. And another thing, uh, obviously, as we mentioned uh, being interactive. Uh, we have some texts, uh, tweets and emails that came in this week and uh, most of them uh, regarding uh, Eugene Melnick, who, as we know, passed away earlier this week. And uh, a lot of people wanted to give uh, Ottawa and uh, the senators organization their condolences. So we appreciated hearing from you guys on that.
3: Um, tragic story, uh, just 62 years old and uh, owner of the, the uh, Ottawa senators and, um, you know, uh, passionate about keeping the, the team and, and maintaining the team, and kind of stepped up when uh, when no else no one else did uh, to uh, keep that franchise uh, in Ottawa. And uh, for you, uh, someone who who has followed the Senators very closely um, from Ottawa, it, it must have been um, just shocking news uh, for you.
0: Yeah, I think uh, stunned is. The word uh, that best describes it uh, for me and uh, a lot of people in Ottawa, Sens fans everywhere. Um, as you mentioned, originally I'm from Ottawa. I grew up watching the Sens. Um, they're a team that uh, made me fall in love with the game of hockey. So it's uh, definitely a mix of emotions when that uh, news came down the other night, and uh, it's a huge loss for the community. Uh, Melnick, obviously, he was a polarizing figure among Sens fans and among the people of Ottawa, but. Uh, Oftentimes, he, he was very outspoken, perhaps he got carried away speaking from the perspective of a fan as opposed to the owner. And uh, as you mentioned, back in 2002, uh, when no one else did, uh, and the Senators franchise was bankrupt, uh, possibly on the brink of relocation, uh, he stepped up, he purchased the team, he kept them in Ottawa, and over the years, he's done a lot for the community. He's been very charitable as well, and uh, utmost condolences to Eugene Melick's family and uh, the community in Ottawa.
3: It was tough for Pierre Dorian speaking at the general manager meetings in Florida, and he mentioned uh, he referenced Brian Murray and uh, said that um, both Eugene Melnick and Brian Murray would uh, were together and and now and uh, would be keeping an eye on uh, how they uh, how Pierre Dorian and and uh, the Ottawa Senators group fulfilled the. Um, the plan that they had uh, to um, bring this organization back to uh, the the playoffs.
0: Yep. Um, one of uh, the things Melnick uh, really, really wanted was he wanted to bring a Stanley Cup to Ottawa. And uh, it's unfortunate that uh, he's not been around. Uh, well, he won't be around to see that happen. So hopefully he'll be able to look down someday and uh, see a uh, Stanley Cup over at uh, Canadian Tire Centre.
3: So our, our deepest condolences um, to the Melnick family, um, Eugene's daughters Anna and Olivia. Um, a real tough time uh, for them now. And uh, listen, Chris and I talked about it in the, in the second segment about the the story that came out this week, um, uh, from, first from La Presse and then others chiming in um, about. Uh, and it, it came out just a couple of days after the death of Eugene Melnick and um uh, since you're here and 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 your connections uh i just wanted mm-hmm. to give you an opportunity to uh chime in on on the news about um uh, reported that that the ottawa senators would consider um uh, playing five home games uh in quebec city at the videotron center
0: yeah it's uh it's definitely unfortunate timing that uh, these reports have Come out just days after his passing. Um, it's it's I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this was something that was maybe uh, in the talks. Uh, it could have been maybe a cool event to see Ottawa go over and play a few games in Quebec City. But uh, right now, I think rather than speculating over you know some games happening in Quebec City, or you know some people have gone to the extent of saying, oh. Quebec Nordiques are back. Uh, Ottawa's moving confirmed. <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, you know just give some time to uh, the Eug- Eugene Melnick's family uh, to grieve, and uh, I don't think uh, the right thing to do right now is to speculate over ownership and Ottawa's potential moving. I don't think that uh, it's really worth getting too much more into other than that until we hear some official reports, which uh, hopefully it will be a lot further down the road.
3: Well said, very well said.
0: Thank you. And uh, well, I guess uh, we'll get you. uh, We will get everybody set up for uh, the upcoming games this week uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. So we have tonight Montreal and Tampa Bay, the debut of Jordan Harris. So that'll be a fun one to watch. Uh, We'll get to see all the youth movement on the D. Jake on, Allen
3: versus Brian Elliott. Um, no oof. Vasilevsky tonight for uh, Tampa Bay. Um, so that will uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out.
0: Yeah, and like you said off air, there's a chance now the Brian Elliott's <laughs> in net. And then uh, we have another game on Tuesday. So it's going to be Montreal against Ottawa. So we might see a little bit of a Eugene Melnick tribute in that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that would be really nice if uh, Montreal could do that. And uh, that's that's a team that uh, is kind of closer to where Montreal is in the standings, too. So that'll be exciting. And then on Thursday, it's Montreal against Florida once again. Uh, Ben Chirac cannot stay away from Montreal. Uh,
3: New Jersey on that night.
0: Oh, New Jersey. My apologies. That's So, uh, yep, I guess P.K. Subban uh, (laughs) back against Montreal, so it's always fun to see him. That's right.
3: Um, So the Canadiens away for for Saturday's game in Tampa Bay. uh, A quick pit stop at home uh, against Ottawa and then back on the road against New Jersey on Thursday, April 7th.
0: Awesome. So I think uh, we'll wrap things up for today. Thank you all for listening. Please subscribe to Canadians Connection in the player or on your favorite podcast app. You can also share this on social media if you would like. Enjoy the week. We will see you back here next Saturday on April the 9th for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.